You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hi, this is a special episode today. I am with Céline Pash. So Interviews is a podcast about entrepreneurship. So the first thing I can tell you is that Céline isn't your typical entrepreneur, but together with her husband, Xavier, they definitely have the entrepreneurship spirit. Céline will tell us their story into more details, but let me tease you a little bit. In 2010, she and her husband decided to get on their bicycles and travel the world. They haven't stopped since. So they have traveled more than 72,000 kilometers or 48,500 miles across four continents. They are not the first ones pedaling across the planet, but they might be the first ones doing so while having and raising two daughters on the way. Of course, they have to make a living. So Céline and Xavier deliver conferences and webinars about the adventure of a lifetime. They write articles for various magazines on subjects such as bicycle travel, positive parenting, unschooling, outdoor living, and learning. Xavier is also a photographer and Céline a life coach. And last but not least, they write books. Their latest one is titled Bike Family Nomads, A Life of Adventures and Mysteries on the Roads of the World, which recounts their journey through dozens of pictures and inspirational texts. So I'm catching up with Céline today while she's making a stop in their home country, Switzerland, between two trips. Hello, Céline. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. Great. So I really want to, to, to hear about your story. But first, let, let me ask you, how do you define yourself? Nomads, remote, remote entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs, what is the best way to define you? No, I think we're just nomads. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, what, is, we, what, uh, is a, what is a nomad? What is a nomad? Um, it's somebody that uh, that is moving around the world. I think we just decided to really experiment what it means to dive in the world and to feel in each of ourselves what it means. And, and so instead of, uh, we really decided that we wanted to experiment life, not to learn about life in, you know, I was very good in learning about life in books and I, uh, and I realized I wasn't able to um, really get to know what was inside me. So I stopped doing that. I decided to unlearn and to experiment what it really means to be alive. Right. So we, we get that because I have a question about, about, about that exactly. But first, tell us a little bit how the journey started. Now, why, why such an adventure? Okay, so we were in Switzerland and uh, in a small festival in the mountains because uh, my husband and I are both... Um, yeah, mountaineer. So yes. we did some mountaineering. And so we decided that um, we like we were we had a festival and this is where we met. And Xavier already had the idea to cycle all the way to New Zealand. That was his project. And so we met and we became a couple very 
very soon. And then uh, I asked him if I can join him in his adventure. And this is how it started. So then it took us about one year to get ready to prepare. We had, there was two things we wanted to do. The first thing was to prepare really the, the equipment. So how to brave temperature that goes in both extreme with the less weight possible uh, on a bike. And then the second, the second idea was how we would, you know, how we would leave this life. What, what, what are our expectation about this adventure? What, um, what we wanted to do, what we wanted to learn. And so we decided, for example, that we will trust people. So we never locked our bicycle everywhere we have been and uh, never get anything stolen. And uh, we decided that we'll trust life. We decided that we'll trust our bodies um, and it works. So this, that was the, the beginning and slowly it became a life. Oh, well, that's a key. That's a strong message. Yeah, trust people. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> I mean, this is this is so difficult because the first thing you think about is like, I want to lock my bicycle because and this is not my whole life. <laughs> but you decided the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, it, it it doesn't mean so. There's two things. So there's one. Like we choose like this to trust people, for example, but it doesn't mean we never listen to our intuition. So in every situation, in every moment, we decide what is feels right. So if, for example, we doesn't feel right to stop at one place, we don't stop. If it doesn't feel right to leave our bicycle somewhere, then maybe one of us is staying there next to the bicycle. It doesn't mean we don't, you know, feel what is right in the moment. But we've been, you know, we've left our bicycle in in huge supermarket of big cities and then nothing nothing stolen and there was everything on our bikes our life yeah and i also know that you you spend a lot many many nights sleeping at uh, people's houses right uh yeah so we never ask for hospitality we might yeah. ask sometimes to pitch our tent in the in a property but we never ask for hospitality but yes we've been invited in many many places and uh and yeah it's always amazing yeah. yeah, people are uh, we people are amazing everywhere. It, it's uh, it's nice to hear. So you went all the way to New Zealand, and then what? What happened after that? Okay, so we it so we never it was not as simple. We we started and uh, after about a year and a half, we felt it was more than a journey. It was becoming a life that we were really mm. living a different in a different way. And then what happened is that. Um, we decided, we let one door open thinking, well, if, you know, if, if we become a family, if it's our life, then, you know, we could become a family. Why not? Which, so we just, you know, leave the door open. And then uh, I think Nyla was really excited to become nomad. So she was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. So then I became pregnant. Um, and I was actually, I had the intuition I was pregnant before any sign was you know, was possibly visible. And so I decided to wait to be at the right place at the right moment. So I waited, we were hiking in, in Nepal. So we were going up and up and up and uh, at 5,500 meter elevation, facing Mount Everest, I tell Xavier that he was gonna be a dad. And, <laughs> why, and, and why there? Not because it was Mount Everest, it, it didn't, I didn't, you know, it was not because of that. It was because I, I had the feeling there was a very 
strong feminine, powerful fem feminine energy there. I, mm. I don't know how to express that, but it felt really the right place. Uh, and I learned later that the people that live around the, the Mount Everest, so the Tibetan people call it Cholomunga, and it means the, the, the mother goddess of the world. Right. So yeah, I think yeah, I felt the energy of Solomonga. Yeah. And so most of the most of your of the of the year, you're on the road, you're 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 traveling on the bike, uh, you sleep in a tent or you sleep at, at at people's houses. So how do you organize your life when you're on the road all the time? I mean, what does a typical day look like for you? So a typical day for us is that uh, every time we we unzip our tent, we're in a new place because we mostly sleep in a tent. And mm. so every morning we are in a new landscape, in a new place, can be in the jungle, can be in the desert, can be the top of a mountain. And, uh, and we never know where we'll sleep that night. So that means that every day we dive into the unknown. We can never have an expectation. We don't know what's gonna happen in the next 10 minutes. We usually don't know the roads, uh, we don't know the town. So um, we really dive into the unknown every, every second. And, uh, but at the same time, we have the routine of setting up the tent, um, setting up the camp and then leaving in the morning. So it takes us about two hours to get ready from the time we wake up till we leave. We wake up usually pretty early, uh, like the sun, we follow the sun and um, and then we start the day, we start, uh, so we have breakfast outside, then unpack everything. So we pack everything, uh, unbuild our tent, pack everything in the, in the panniers, and then we start cycling. And we usually cycle for about an hour, an hour and a half, and then we have a break with the girls, we play in the forest or in, uh, in nature, and then, or if there's a playground, we might stop at the playground to play with the children. And then we might cycle another hour and then we usually have lunch on the road too. And then we have another session of cycling and then we find, try to find another place, um, a place to sleep. So a good place where we feel that it's right for us. Um, if it's near the a river, it's easier for us. So we don't have to carry the water. So we love to be next to the river. And, uh, and then we set up the camp and just play a lot with the girls and do some tent schooling too and then work a little bit and um yeah this is this is our kind of the only the, the frame of what we know and then there's everything else that happened so we might you know um, see an amazing landscape we might uh, find out uh, i don't know a frozen lake we might end up meet like seeing a beautiful monument meeting new people being invited to somebody's place uh, we might end up doing some work at night trying to find an internet connection we i mean everything then everything we don't know um, but what we know is that we really try to let the wind guide us so we really listen to our inner guidance to know what is right at, at that moment, what feels right, what is good for us. And we also try to cultivate wonder and harmony. So cultivate wonder with everything that is around us and harmony 
within us, between us as a family, because living 24 hours a day in a tent is not so easy. And then also with the world. And, um, and yeah, it, it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of uh, gut to, to do that. Like it's, it's, uh, it's really not them saying that living with nature is amazing, but it's also take you, um, it takes you to really cultivate harmony and wonder, I think. And, um, and I think it's amazing because we live really in inter interconnection with nature and the girls are really good in, uh, they very, they use a lot of, um, yeah, they like to thank, for example, they would thank the sun for warming them. They thank the river for giving them water or having a bath. They would thank the, the tree for giving them shade or the wind for pushing them with their bicycles. So they, they're very grateful for everything that is around them. And I, th I think that's also, uh, that really helps to have a very fulfilling life, to be grateful of every little thing that happened in your day. It's inspiring uh, listening, listening to you, but let me ask you another question. How much planning do you do? Like in the morning when you wake up, do you know what's going to happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's scary. <laughs> For us entrepreneurs, especially, it's like, wow. <laughs> no, we don't know. We don't know. We have a big idea of where we want to go. So we have a big line. And mm. it's really helpful. Um, it kind of keep us on that line. So for example, as we said, trusting people, so big line, like ideas of what we want, but also big line of maybe a far destination. So New Zealand, for example, was a far destination. And, um, and so then we had a, that was the first project. The second project is around the great Northern areas of the world. So we cycle in the great North. Um, usually people on bikes tend to not go there, but we were really called by the Great North. So we decided to really spend a lot of time in, in uh, Mongolia, Siberia, Alaska, Canada. And, um, and so we have that big line. And then we choose, we really let the wind, you know, carry us, like really listen to the whisper of our hearts, you know, what feels right. And then we might ask people, okay, you know, they know the country better than us. So which way is best? And they say left, then we go left. And usually we like mountains. So people tend to say, oh, you should go, it's flat. And usually if there's a mountain, we go to the mountain. We just people, <laughs> we like the mountains. <laughs> we like to be and have the view. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So how about work then? Because you need to work and make a living, right? So how do you organize your work? Yeah. Be on the road all the time. So, um, how can I explain that? We decided that our biggest wealth was time. Mm. And so maybe it's a different, uh, it's like upside down with entrepreneurs, but uh, uh, so our biggest wealth is time. And we decided to live a little bit outside of the, um, not the society, but the, the, the economy. So a lot of what, we live is linked with a um, kind of what people sometimes call the gift economy but a little bit different it means that we are basically like you know we might give something to somebody and then somebody else give us something and then we give it back to someone else so it's kind of a circle we are in a big circle where we receive and give all the time so we do a lot of things for free also 
and um, and so the, we are in this big circle where we help a lot of people and people help us and that's been working very well and also that so that's one part and then the second part is the part where we really work so I'm an anthropologist and I'm um, I'm still doing some research on time and space throughout the world and how society and people live time and space, uh, especially because for us, it's so different than we really learn to live. We, we don't live with time anymore. We live in space. And so uh, it's a totally switch, like a, we really switch a, a paradigm there. And, um, and also, so we, I'm an anthropologue, but also we are ambassador for life in nature. Uh, Xavier is photographer, is doing a lot of pictures for us, for to, you know, for our books, for our articles, but also for some companies to do some communication. Uh, we test a lot of equipment, so we've been testing tents, we've been testing dynamos, and we give them feedbacks of, you know, what works, what doesn't work, um, because we're pretty good testers, we're everywhere we've been and a lot of yeah, yeah. experience <laughs> minus 45 and plus 30 53 degrees so we've been pretty good with them you know range of temperature yeah. and uh, we do some talks along the road and um, so yeah we speakers and do some talks around the road and uh, I write article as you said and also I'm a life coach so what happened is that we work um, in the tent a little bit uh, we work every time we can. We work sometimes, uh, we might find uh, just a plug to work outside or when it's raining, just in a shelter. And uh, sometimes we have the chance to be at someone's place for a little bit and we might use, um, you know, we might work for three days a lot. And then, so it, it really depends. And it depends so much in the country we are uh, because internet connection is not the same, because access to electricity is not the same. So it's um, it's a little bit, uh, it's every time a new adventure with work. So we can't really tell you, oh, this is how we do, and on Tuesday we do that, and on Wednesday. So it changes all the time because we don't know where we are. And in, in the latest country we've been was Canada. And in Canada we did, there was a lot of big section of wilderness. And so in this big section of wilderness, we don't really have, we can't really work because first we don't have access to internet. We don't have access to any electricity. We have, we working, we have a dynamo that we can use to recharge our batteries, like photograph, you know, to make some photographs. So that's fine, but the computer doesn't work with the dynamo. So, and, and, and usually when we are in this big crossing in the wilderness, in desert, there's enough to just, us that's that's like full time just okay. being being nomad is just full time mm. so it's just a, a mix of everything and plus we have the also the you know 10 schooling with our children so yeah our day are quite full yeah i i imagine they require they require a lot of uh, flexibility too how do you how do you find clients how do i find clients we meet yeah. people every day yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, it's just we found out that everything that happened is about meeting one person, uh, you know, trying to you know, instead of trying to connect with a lot of people and send a lot of information, thinking, well, I meet I'll meet the right people or I'll get in connection with the right people, and that's usually how it works. Um, we get in connection with the right people and the connection works and then it ends up 
being amazing relation relationship where we can you know create something new get a new partnership um and and, and really i think one of the great thing is that because we follow we're really following what vibrates in us we can imagine anything we can imagine any new project um you know like the first book we wrote um was people keep telling us oh when are you writing a book and so we ended up writing a book and now you know we wrote two books like three books actually and uh and so we just every time we yeah every time there's new new project there's new discussion there's new partnership and uh and we create new things and because we are you know we are right open about what can happen to us so you know all the possibilities that can happen it's it's infinite and so we don't have a set idea of what we want or what we don't want uh but, but we might try and see okay no i don't like that uh, but i prefer this way and and just you know work it that way so we usually uh, yeah it's all about connection being at the right place at the right time meeting the right people or sending the right email because we feel it's right to you know contact these people or contact this uh, association organization and so yeah that's how how we work not about mass but about you know specific things yeah well that's that's what you know a lot of entrepreneurs do too yeah. <laughs> because i consider you guys as entrepreneurs anyway um you mentioned several times um that you've learned to follow what feels right yeah. what other things have you learned about you know yourself or from that experience yeah so um I think the first thing would be to learn to communicate. Mm. Um, yeah, living 24 seven, as I said, in a tent, not 24 seven in the tent, but I mean, we living in a tent, it's a small space, but 24 seven together. And so I think we really had to learn to communicate and it, it, it seems to be just something very easy it's not because when we are always together you know when you're not together all the time there's always somebody that kind of okay at the last drop you know but it, when it's always the person the partner that is next to you it's always him that has the last drop so, so we had to really learn okay what feels what is inside me what do i feel you know how do i feel what is the emotion that i feel and then basically what is my need and being able to tell that it's not easy we not we never learn to do that we never learn in school to do that you know what how do i feel usually people when you speak about feeling they know maybe four you know fear anger joy and sadness that's it but what about all the other you know there's so many words to express how you feel and we never use them and so to really know, okay, what do I feel? What, what is it really inside that I feel? You know, very specifically. And then what is the need behind? What do I need? And so this also is the base, the, the first step to non-violent communication. So it really helps you to communicate what, what you need. And usually by telling what you need, it's already 50% of the work is done because you already know and then maybe you can give that need to yourself you don't need anyone to give it to you you can find ways to you know to offer you that need 
And so it's, it changes a lot of things. And it also, I think this is how we could, and you know, we could take our two daughters on the road of the world because we had that communication already. And, uh, and, and if I speak about communication, I also use a lot of intuitive communication with my two daughters since um, even when they were in my belly. So I, I, I do a lot of, um, of intuitive communication and that also works very, very well with children. It's, it's pretty amazing. And so that's the first thing that we learn. The second thing is really to uh, live the present moment and have no expectation. Um, we, I, I'll give you an example. If when we are, um, you know, there's so many times where we wanted just a warm shower. You know yeah. how it feels to just have a warm <laughs> yeah. shower. And then, so we'd be like, oh yeah, you know, we can reach that next town and we can have a warm shower. And then you get in the wash in under the shower and there's this tiny string of water that is cold and you just like and you know that you know it would have been better to just have your shower outside like every day but then what is amazing about our you know our mind is that you get so much frustration but it's not about having a cold shower i mean we have cold shower all the time it's not different it's about you know, it's about um, not having what we expected that we would have, meaning hot shower. And so I think that's the problem is that we always, the, the problem is we always have expectation about everything. And usually even their unconscious expectation. Uh, we were in Switzerland and uh, like not, we were in Tajikistan and we opened the map. It was, uh, we cycled for the first three years without any cell phone and GPS. So we had maps. It was, it was amazing. I love that. So we had the maps and then we, you know, we saw a blue line. And in Switzerland, the blue line means there's a river. Okay. So we're like, oh yeah, you know, expectation. There's a river. We go, yes, there was a river, but there was no water in the river. And it's very common in a lot of places in the world. But coming for Switzerland, when there's a, you know, blue line, there's always water. In Switzerland, there's always water everywhere. And so we didn't know that, but that was one of the unconscious, um, um, really the unconscious uh, expectation. And so we really had to learn to live the present moment and just let go of all the expectation we can have just to really be here and not react to what we think would be, but, but what it is at the moment. And that was one of the big learning and, and to surrender to our, you know, just really surrender to my inner guidance to see, you know, what feels right. And then the last thing we learned, not the last, but one of the thing we learned, I would, I would say was to really walk hand in hand with our fears. Because when you are out there, there's, you, you don't have the choice to really, you know, welcome your fears. And I say that because, um, you know, there's a fears that things, when, when something happens, you know, you're afraid and that's fine. But most of the time, the problem is that your mind is creating a lot of scenarios about things that could happen. And we had to learn to just really let go of that, you know, to not let our mind create all these scenarios. It's just, you know, it's, it's not here. It's not happening now. So just let it go. And then there's the fears that are really present. Um, like you, you know, like that, like a fear that is deeper in your cell and that's like very, 
like resonate very strongly. And then these fears, you really have to welcome them. And you know, maybe you can see what's behind them, trying to find, okay, what is the real, what is it really behind them? And then really learn to, I think for me, what I find is that when my fear is huge, like a big dragon, or when it's a very, I try to not think about it and it's like a very tiny mouse that I put under the carpet, then it comes back very, you know, very big. When I, when I can imagine that my fear is just at my height, then I can really think, okay, my fear is human. You know, I can give, give it my hand and we can still walk even if I'm afraid. And I think that's very different because you, you are really welcoming your fear. And when you welcome your fear, you can still go forward, even if it's there. You don't have to stop. And so we really had to do that a lot of time uh, to really welcome our fears and learn to walk hand in hand with them. What is the key messages you give to others through you know, coaching or the conferences, the books? And what's the legacy you, you want to leave behind you? Um, I, I think that I, we really want to inspire people to really live what feels right to them, mm -hmm. to really live what vibrates in them, to really be alive. And, uh, and it takes a lot to just, you know, do what feels right for you and, and, uh, and do it in the present moment, not, you know, having this huge expectation, but live, do it in the present moment and to cultivate wonder and uh, throughout daily throughout the day. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, if, if I can invite people to, you know, do what feels right for them, not tomorrow, but today, because there's a million of reasons not to do that. But, uh, but it takes one step and the first step is always the hardest. But, um, but I think, yeah, to invite people to do the first step. Let's uh, be a bit more practical again. This uh, episode is uh, sponsored by uh, Medical for Nomads. And uh, I know that you guys have become uh, affiliates uh, recently. So how do you deal with your medical or insurance coverage when you are traveling like that all the time? Yeah. So for a long time, we didn't have any health insurance. And mm. then for nearly seven, eight years, we didn't have any health insurance. And then we traveled in North America. So it was very important for us to have health insurance, also in Russia, because it was compulsory. And so mm. we decided that uh, we would take a um, um, travel insurance. But then we found out that travel insurance is, is tricky because you never cover you in your own country. So then we found out medical for nomads and we're very happy because it covers nearly everywhere in the world. Like I think just, I think the US is not, um in but i think it covers everywhere but especially what is amazing is that it covers it's it's a full medical health insurance so it means that even uh if we come back to switzerland we are covered so everywhere we go we are covered and uh and and they follow us as we go and i think that was that was amazing for us because it meant we we not we don't come back often in switzerland but uh it means that if something big happened even if we are out there we can even decide to you know, having treatment where we are because we don't want to go back to Switzerland or to go back to Switzerland and being treated in Switzerland if we want to. So I think it's, it's um, I mean, it, it, it means that we can be nomad and leave as nomad all yeah. the time. 
And I yeah. think for us, that was the most point about medical phenomena. Yeah, it sounds like a great. peace of mind. You know, I don't have to think about it. I know if anything happened, it's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be fine with the medical insurance. Yes. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, in my mind, I prefer to think, okay, you know, I'm listening to my body and, and I don't have to have this experience to learn about things. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully nothing, nothing will, will happen to you guys. <laughs> um, what's the next adventure for you then? So the next adventure is in, uh, in, in Europe for a bit. So we'll cycle okay. uh, a little bit in Europe. And then uh, <clears throat> once it's a little bit more open, then we'll, uh, we'll go in our next project. We let the wind carry. We let the, the police calling us. So it's very important for us. We let the police calling us. And at the moment, Europe is calling us. And, uh, and next we will see where the wind is taking us. So you have no idea which country? You're gonna to go to for the moment. You haven't decided. Um, we have plenty of ideas, <laughs> but uh, we our route. We probably will decide our route two weeks before we leave, or maybe yeah. a week before we leave. So we have another, I think, seven weeks to decide. So it's far too far. <laughs> oh yeah, in your in your timeline, seven weeks is like wow. <laughs> oh yeah, we had a lot of things to do before that. Trust me, so it's very far for me. <laughs> exactly. Will, will you ever stop? So this is for me. We never think about that that question in that way. So we decided, as I said, harmony is very important for us. So we've. For us, is if we are in balance now, and our daughters really enjoy being nomads. And the day where one of us, you know, when when one of us is not in balance anymore, when one of us needs something else to be able to, you know, to 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 fulfill themselves, then then we'll change. And if we do, if we manage to create that life, then we can create another life. And it's not people think are uh, you either nomad or, or sedentary, but I think it's 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 like a it's it's too up it's not it's not opposite. It's two um, two sides of the same metal, basically. It's like a big continuum. And you don't have to choose to be sedentary or nomad. You can be, you know, plenty of ways in between. And so I think that for us, um, if one day we'll need something else, we just follow what feels right for us and create something new. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that we like the most is that you can imagine every day we don't know what's going to happen. No, so I that can't imagine. Us, but but what is amazing? <laughs> but what is amazing is not about not knowing. It's about that the fact that you can reinvent yourself every second. Yeah. And that's amazing. That means that there's no limit of who you are and what you can do. And I think that's the great part about it. So maybe what, what she's saying also is what we learned was diving into the unknown. And yes, for us, it was not so easy at the beginning, but now it's, it's very easy. I'm sure you know, some people would like to follow your steps. What would be your, you know, two, three recommendations for them? Do the first step. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you. Yeah. What is, what is that? What is doing the, the first step? Yeah. What is the first step? What is the first step? 
So the first step would be to know what really vibrates in you. What would mm. really, you know, when you think about something that makes you feel straight, like you think about something and sometimes you feel really alive. You mm. know, this, this feeling of like, oh yeah, that feels right. This is something where you, you know, it, and it's not something that, okay, so people, when they think about this, usually think, oh yeah, having a lot of money. Oh yeah, I feel alive if I have a lot of money. But it's, it's not something, it's not about a state of having something. It's about doing something, about, you know, fulfilling yourself, about feeling, okay, ah, yeah, if I, if I, if I do that, then I feel really vibrant. I feel alive. That feels right for me to do that project. And so once you know the project, um, a lot of people start to speak about their project. And usually there's lots of people to say, oh, but you can't do that. <gasps> what people are gonna think, you know, things like that. And then, well, the, the idea is not to necessarily speak with other people straight away, but to feel, okay, what do I need to realize that project? What, it, you know, what is the, the, the what do I have as a piece of puzzle to try to start doing that? And maybe what other piece I need to work on? And then, and then just try to do that. Because most of the people, so we receive in, um, in how, when was it? In 2019, we received the Mobile Challenge Award. And it's a award that um, reward people. So mainly uh, humanitarian uh, expedition, um, scientific expedition, exploration, and uh, it's people, so we are the only non-Japanese to receive it. Otherwise there's about 12 other people that have uh, received this, uh, this award. And what I found amazing, the, the, the idea was to reward people who are not afraid of, of failure. They're not afraid of, you know, of trying to do it. And I think that's the big thing is not, not being afraid of trying to do that, of diving into the unknown. Because when you start a new project, you usually have to dive in the unknown at one point. You have to take the big step, just the first step. It might, yeah. it might seem the huge step, but it's not so big. And I think that's the problem is people think it's a huge void. And that's why they don't do the first step. And that's why I'm saying do the first step, because when you do just, even if it's a small one, you'll see that you can do another one, another one, another one, and then, and then it works. So it's the same thing. So when we left in, in, from Switzerland, okay, so we've, we've told everyone that we will leave for Switzerland for three years. Okay, so we'll go all the way to New Zealand. It's the opposite side of the world. We can't right. go further than that. And so we started cycling. Um, and, and, and we were ready, but it was pouring rain with rain for two weeks and we were crossing the Swiss Alps. So it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And after, I don't know, after the first week I, I stopped and I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, Cece, I, I, I don't know if I can, I was just like, you know, what did I do? Why did, yeah. why did I choose that? Because I was imagining all the desert to cross, all the mountain range. I was ima imagining, you know, the Himalaya, the Taklamakan Desert. And I was like, how can we do that? I mean, even if I can't cross the Swiss Alps, how can you do, you know, how can I go across the world? And so we learned very fast that we can't imagine New Zealand three years ahead of us. So then we try to imagine a year 
in front of us. And it was far too far. Then we imagine the next country. Then we imagine the next month until we went to, you know, waking up and being like, okay, we'll see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier than imagine that if you told me I was going to cycle for 12 years around the world with my children, I would never have signed up for that. It just happened one step after the other. And I think that's what it is, you know, letting the wind guiding us is, is really to take one step after the other. And so, yeah, doing the first step is, is definitely something, some part of the hardest. Great. Uh, this, this is a great lesson for entrepreneurs because, you know, entrepreneurs, they tend to think ahead way too far. <laughs> and what is the most important is that, is that first step. I agree with you. Last question for you. How can people contact you? Uh, so we have our website. It's www.ylia.ch. And we have Instagram and Facebook on uh, Nomadic Family by Bicycle. Excellent. Uh, but most of our, uh, all the information is mostly on our, on our website if you need info. Okay, well, noted. Thank you very much, Celine, for your time today. Thank you very much. It was great. And thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any. See you next time. Bye-bye.